Please listen carefully. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. My name is Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today we are going to be talking about something I am so excited for. If you checked out last (laughs) week, we dropped our season one review of the Umbrella Academy, which we recorded in 2019 in March and then just never put out. And now one year later, after binging over the course of a weekend, or for some of us, literally over 10 hours, the moment it came out, the Mm -hmm. second season of the Umbrella Academy. And that's what our episode is all about today. If you need a refresher in the Umbrella Academy, Stephanie here is happy to provide one. Uh, I'm just looking it up because I <laughs> closed the tab. <laughs> You're so uh, set up. I My- see. We had an hour to prepare <laughs> and you pulled it up and then you closed it. I closed it. Okay. Basically. So season two, we're st- what happened last season was five. Uh, basically, I don't remember. <laughs> maybe stephanie should not be allowed to do the rundown for this one i feel like perhaps okay no vanya's about to vanya's about to kill vanya's about to cause apocalypse and the only way to not have that happen is for them to time travel away from her correct would you say that is right guys i think in like a last ditch attempt Five decides, hey, I'm going to save us by, you know, saving us for later, basically, but by taking Taking us us back. back in time. So that opens up season two with five dropping them all into 1960s Dallas, but they're all in different years. And the last person to arrive, of course, or I guess the most recent is five when he arrives in November 25th, 1963 to find his siblings battling against Soviet soldiers. And that's the kickoff. season two dun 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 (laughs) that led way to like an insane amount of shit that happened this season uh this is a review with spoilers if you haven't watched it yet don't listen i think that the improbable academy is one of those shows that you should you just should be watching like i'm not gonna sit here and act like oh let's walk your hand through this review no you're gonna stop listening you're gonna watch the show you're gonna come back because umbrella academy is good enough it deserves that deserves that recognition of you watching the entire show but I do say that as somebody who stayed up uh on Thursday night until 3 a.m on Friday for when the show drops because that's midnight uh LA time where Netflix is (laughs) and then I literally watched it from 3 a.m to I think it took me until about noonish and I just watched the whole thing all at once didn't pause it didn't stop I don't think I peed once the whole time I was watching it I can only imagine what your watching algorithm looks like. <laughs> I, you would think that Netflix knows me, but I have the weirdest shit in there. For example, that Zac Efron show. I mean, that yeah. suits your interest. It's like uh, the baking show. They are very different. <laughs> About food. That's all that matters. And you like hunky men. Done and done. I do. And that can be proven, as always, in my love for Diego. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Diego. So let's talk about the show. There is so much to go through. There is so much that happened this season. I 100%, and I say this as somebody who loved the first season to the point that I genuinely believe the first season was a really, really great show. I know not everybody agrees. I understand why people don't like it, even though you're wrong. It's fine. You're allowed to be wrong about this. 
but I genuinely think the first season is also really good. That said, season two, way better. Like, it took all of the good stuff about season one, and it just ramped it right up. I mean, like I said, I think in my first thing, I was like, they're going to pick out what they did best, which they have, i.e. a better wardrobe, less, I don't even know how to describe it, less, you like, we already know Klaus, we know exactly that he would have a cult, and it just amped it up to the next level, which I appreciated. My only, my only, should I start with my criticism to begin with? If that's what you'd like to start off with, I have a whole list of goods and bads. No, I'll save it. I'll save it for later. You go first. (laughs) In terms of goods, I think the whole vibes of the season, exactly what you're saying, they just like bumped it up to 11. Like they took all of the fun shit that we loved about season one and they really amped it up in season two. And I think it it lost some of the dark tone that the season one had a little bit more. And it definitely feels even more removed from the like indie comics, which are very dark and a very goth vibe. This one did not have the goth vibe at all. And I think part of that is served by like, they realize over the course of the week, some characters don't need to wear just a single outfit. So everyone has great outfits over the course of five days. Um, or however lo- how many days it is uh, in canon. Um, and I think that helped it overall. One thing that I think also helps it is I was reading up on this. So previously, the episodes were an average of like 53 minutes. I think that last season, it was closer to like an hour each per episode. This season, each episode is only around 50 minutes. And when you add it all up, there's like a full half an hour of show that doesn't exist. And I think that the show this season is much tighter because of that. Like, there's just a little bit less useless stuff that is not in it. And I think it worked really well. Like, everything was really popping. Like, there was a moment, quite literally, in the later seasons where I was messaging you guys. I was on the edge of my seat, literally. Like, I was kneeling down on my couch. The only part of me that was making contact with my couch were the front of my knees and the edge of my couch. And I was, like, leaning forward, holding on to my coffee table because I was like, oh, are they going to do what I think they're going to do? How dare they? They cannot. I What is happening? I can't believe this. And I, like, was losing my mind. And there wasn't, as much as I love season one, there was not a moment like that in season what one. What part was that? It is uh, all the way near the end when... The Allison, Klaus, and Diego are trying to get to Vanya, but her powers are pushing them down the hallway, but they're mm. each slowly making an attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, because the whole time I was like, it's either going to be Allison or it's going to be Klaus that are going to make it. And then they threw Ben in the mix. And I was like, is, he, yeah. is Ben going to possess Klaus? Like, I was just really intrigued of like, how are you going to get to this point? And that whole scene was so good. And so it, this season, I think, had a lot of those really great moments of like, this is so great. I've been waiting for this. I'm in love with this. You can do this. You fought in Vietnam. You survived a family of seven. And you once wore a sarong to a fraternity party and got a shitload of numbers. I think they've definitely taken like criticism into account. Mm-hmm. Like there were parts where I was even texting you. I was like, they better not play Banya like this. They can't do her dirty like this. They better. And then they would counter exactly what you thought was going to happen. Like I thought it was going to follow that same pattern as the first season. You felt like someone, not not that they were being blamed, but like it was, it was kind of like the way they're portrayed wasn't fair to them. I felt like in the show in the first season and that's some of the issues I had with the first season versus in this one, you get to see like each of them come into their own except for Luther but we won't talk about 
I think Luther came into exactly who he is as a person. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> um, I just don't think he had much development other than that. No. <laughs> hey, he went through those daddy issues, okay? That's he true. realized his, who he thought was his real dad actually did not care about him at all because he said it to his face. He then found a replacement daddy and then needed a replacement daddy after that as well. So Luther was looking for exactly what he needed, apparently. <laughs> and he was essentially like comedic value versus like, he was. I, was saying, I, I was saying this to somebody else. It's crazy to think that the person that had the, the most development and was the most self-aware in the show was Klaus. And that was insane to me because he was so aware of like, he was the first one to bring up the incestual relationship <laughs> issue or the pseudo incest. And you're like, finally, somebody's acknowledging this thing that we're all talking about. Or he was the first one to be like, oh, like... Maybe I should figure out what my followers, like, really actually, I mean, like, with the help of Ben, but also, like, it was just so aware that you were just, like, I'm shocked. So, you know, I, I sent this to you guys on Instagram, so I was like, Vanya's character was probably the worst in season one, and they said, you know what, we're not going to try to fix this, we're just going to give her a new personality. And they did it well. <laughs> I think one of the things that hurt season one is that and maybe it's just, it's also that, like, I shouldn't have to make this conscious leap to understand this. Like, this is something that should be a little bit clearer. But, like, Vanya has been drugged for her entire life mm-hmm. to keep her powers at bay. But they're, they're mood stabilized, essentially. So they're also keeping all of her emotions at bay. Which means she basically has no personality in season one. Like, she is a blank slate of a person, which is, it makes sense why she, like, gloms onto Leonard, even though, like, Why? so much because she's feeling emotions for the first time since she was like seven years old with this guy because he stole her medication to like de-drug her essentially Mm -hmm. um but i also agree that like i should not have to make those leaps and i should still shouldn't understand who vanya is at her core at all by the time we get to the end of the season like season one was vanya kills a bunch of nannies for making her eat oatmeal but also Klaus saying, but she used to cry when we killed ants. And it's like, Vanya, like, are you a pita vegan? Do you care more about animals than you do about people? Like, why aren't you sad? I know you don't remember, but why aren't you sad about those nurses? They didn't seem to affect you at all. <laughs> so I, I do think that like her this season in particular, great. It was great for to have that. I thought her forgetting her memories was going to be weird, but it was 100% right because she was then an actual full person. And like, you now know who Vanya is as a person. There are no more questions about all of these people. I mean, now that I think about it, she couldn't be herself if she always thought she had this scary power. So she needed to be brought back to nothing. Yeah. So fine. And I care about the people in the farm. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sissy. I mean, I saw those Love Eyes episode one. Oh, Oh, yeah. We all saw the trailer. (laughs) It was in the trailer. They were here for it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I was at first, I was afraid that they would fall into the trap of um, queer coding or like queer baiting and stuff like that. But um, they did well. They followed through and I was happy with it. And I appreciate that about Umbrella Academy so much because I felt similarly in season one where for a lot of episodes, Klaus reads a character where you're like, this is their gay and then nothing ever happens. I, a friend of, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, she checks to see if queer characters are written well because it's does under the guise of like, does the rock fuck? 
And the idea is so often these like queer side characters are just rocks that are attached to the narrative of the main character. And she's like, if the rock doesn't fuck, if the rock doesn't go around doing actual gay shit and just is constantly there to be hanging around the narrator and doesn't have their own life where they are part of their own experience, then like, it's not good. And so Klaus kind of felt like it would just be like a coded character of like, oh, you know, he's a little, he's a little gay, he's a little free, but we don't talk about it. We don't do anything about it. And then he has like the main, or not the main, but like the best love story in that season for sure, 100%. So I think like that helpful too. And I'm glad they did that with Vanya as well. Yeah, I love that. And also like, <sighs> where do we begin? <laughs> Is this a negative? I mean, I personally... I mean, the only negative thing I have to say, obviously, is Luther's the absolute worst. Um, <laughs> and second, um, <laughs> it, the ne- my other negative is also a positive. Like, I was talking to somebody else about this. <laughs> they have the shittiest wigs in that costume department, but it's somehow the best. <laughs> Who wears a wig? Diego wears a wig, I feel Diego like. Diego and... Um, I'm pretty sure Ben wears a wig at the end and you're just like <laughs> Oh yeah, but hold on. I think that one is intentional. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's the like it's the worst, but it's also the best thing I've ever seen, ever done. And then I was talking to somebody else and one of her main criticisms from the first season was that she didn't think that there was um anybody black in the costume or the hair department or whatever. Or I, I don't know if like hair, makeup, and costume would be the same, but she didn't think there's there was anybody different. black in that department. And then she says this season it seems like there is because the way um, Allison looks reflects that. Like like they've actually like done really well with her hair and stuff like that. So or she's had a bigger say in her costume because she's that's now. That's true. That's true. It's possible. Let's talk about Allison's storyline. I don't think they knew how relevant. <laughs> It was going to be when like it was scary how relevant it was. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I wonder, like, I feel like the writers have been like, holy shit. Well, that was like, that was like my other issue. But like, then I wasn't sure how to like criticize that because like, I feel like all the rest of her like siblings are so unaware of the issues that she's facing, except for Klaus. But then even then he's not involved except to like pick her up and take her away. And I'm just like. Like and, and at the same time, I don't want them to be like white savior esque about it, but it's like, but is it them trying to sh- show that they each have their own lives, personalities? So like I they don't so. want each other interfering. But then again, you have five days to stop the apocalypse for teamwork. But then like, meanwhile, <laughs> Luther shows up with a box of chocolates, so unaware of his surroundings, <laughs> like. But no he's just idea. dumb. <laughs> yeah, this is another one where like just Luther continues to be the like, how do you even exist as a person? And, like, I get that there's some narrative decisions that you have to make that I think, I also think did not make the Allison storyline come off the best, but I still think they did a, I believe that they did a fairly all right job. There were some things that definitely weren't correct. Um, where I think it comes from the most is they were talking, Steve Blackman, the guy that makes the show, was talking quite a bit about, and I think based off of, again, fan reaction, um, was wanting more wanting different pairings of siblings to see how they interact with each other. So people who interacted a lot in the previous season don't interact a lot in this season. So there's a less Allison and Luther. There's less Klaus and Diego, which did make me sad because I I still think they have the best sibling relationship. Who, Allison and Diego? No, Klaus and Diego. Oh, 
But Allison and Klaus. And Klaus? What a girl. Like, I was, yes, I needed. So was, into it. I was sent. Like, they truly went there of, like... Like, that pool when he, scene. I know. I was going to say that pool scene so many times. I'm like, oh, this is I so love. think about it all the time. The fact that she gets into the pool in her dress, in I her know. clothes. Him throwing away his cigarette and, like, trying to hop off the pool floaty. Like, that whole scene, yeah. that, for me, is, like, the anatomy of, like, when you really love someone yeah that like even if they annoy you to no end klaus oh oh my god oh my god oh it's been so long i thought you were dead i thought i was the only one left i know i know me too also, okay, so this is like a total like overarching side point, but because of all the different years that they're dropped in, they're all no longer the same age, right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically, yeah. Which is really funny you, to me. But if you're moving them all up to 2019 again, I mean, technically they're different ages. They're, they've aged over like, uh, some of them aged over like, what, three years? And then technically five is like, what, 45 years older than like, Yep. And then Klaus still has 10 additional months on top of his three additional years because of when he oh. went to Vietnam. Yeah. So it is, because I've checked, it's five, Klaus, Allison, Luther, Diego, Vanya, I believe. Oh, Vanya's a baby. Vanya's a baby. Because she, yeah, she comes in last before five. And five obviously is like 48 years older than them all. And I love... I don't know why. I love that they're different ages. And I, I yeah, want to cute. see, I hope we see some of that come into play next season because I did think we were maybe going to get some jokes from Klaus this season about being the big brother now because he's 10 months older. Like, that's just such a sibling thing to do. And he would. Him, of all people, 100% would. Um, not to completely veer off that topic, but let's talk about Ray Chestnut. <laughs> what, that dreamboat? You- Raymond Chestnut. <sighs> If they don't, br- if they don't should- find a way to bring him back for season three, I'm going to be pissed. I don't see how. I don't think he comes I think, back. I Honestly, think it would be an, as an old man that she uh, would probably meet him and it wouldn't probably wouldn't be the same actor. Because she's probably be pre- really also, old. Oh, hold on. She, they never mention her daughter. That's like... I know. I don't think she exists in the new world. That... No. Okay, uh, so I'd like to talk about Allison because that was one thing. I didn't love how long it took to get to mentioning her daughter. It's like episode seven. Mm-hmm. I get they mentioned it and I didn't catch it. They should yeah. Get, yeah. When it finally gets to the point where Luther is like, okay, we think we can go back now, that's when she finally brings up Claire. But she doesn't talk about Claire for the first like seven episodes. And I think that there's some stuff worth mentioning there. Like I do think that's probably an intentional choice mm-hmm. of like she clear like she talks about it. She basically knew that the life she was living was just a stop in the road. And she was like, I'm just going to wait because I believe five will come back. And I believe that somehow I'll get out of this. And if I don't, I need a life. So I'm just going to do this. And so I think she doesn't talk about Claire from a person perspective to like protect herself. But I also think narratively, it's easier to not mention that she has a daughter. Because Is then she not, does she not exist now? Well, that's the thing we don't know. Well, yeah. that I, I mean, it's an question. easy thing to like cut off a kid not like r.i.p claire nothing against you but like is it easier to go on without a kid probably i think if if they are in not to like mention the end but like if they're in the new 2019 or whatever if claire doesn't exist i think there's a possibility that they're gonna keep trying to go back to fix things 
I could see that being a like interesting Allison storyline for again, not to go back to talk about the end too much, an interesting storyline for season three. But we can talk oh, about she's that. She's pregnant. This was one thing okay. I was wondering about. Is she gonna end up pregnant? And is that new baby essentially going to like not replace Claire, but like for the story wise, I mean, replace Claire? And then it would be Ray's kid, and then I'd be so delighted. <laughs> Yeah, but it'd be Ray's kid brought up by fucking Luther for sure. Oh no! Okay, or all of thing. them. Does this the is... Ray does the Ray storyline interrupt the Luther love story? Because that's okay. what I liked about it. Because she clearly loves Ray. She's only known him for like what a year. <laughs> no, yeah, like not even. Not even. But like at the same time, I'm like, does that mean like does she love Ray more? Like it's it's confusing to me because I'm like, I get you can love two people at the same time. But it feels like in the second season, she didn't have the same chemistry she did with Luther before, which I appreciated because I found it, even though it was not real incest, I still found it disgusting. (laughs) This is where I, this is one of my few negatives for the season, was how much Luther Allison there still was, in particular when they like hug each other and it's like the whole world fades away. Luther still being hung up on Allison is something that I can understand because, again, his character growth wasn't really there. Again, he's comedic relief this season. And I actually think that works for Luther, to be honest. So, like, the way they've developed his character, like, it's so easy to really dislike him, even though he's also gone through child abuse, that you're like, I just genuinely don't want to see your face. (laughs) So, like, I think comedic relief makes him a better character to actually watch. But the Luther and Allison stuff, I was still like, it didn't make sense. Why were you there for a year before you tried to actually see if you could find her? Like, I was yeah, hoping like that- Yeah, if he also- loved her, why would he wait? Yeah, and I was hoping to- I mean, did they assume would- they weren't all in the same area? Maybe that was- He had to have known, because even when, like, even when Five approached him, he was like, oh, I guess I gotta try. <laughs> But then he was like, I don't want to try. And I was like, okay, well. I It does seem to think that they all thought that they were all displaced through time. Or, like, I don't think any of them had any sort of inkling. Like, oh, maybe we all landed in the same place. Because they're disasters. Like, none of them have thoughts. It's amazing. I love it. But I do find it weird that he suddenly decided, like, oh, maybe now I'll try. And maybe now I'll see. But... Again, I really liked that Raymond Chestnut interrupted their scene. I thought that was going to be the moment of, like, Luther's character arc is, like, she's never going to love you like that. Like, you're just, you are hanging on to something from when you were kids, and she's a grown person that might still technically have feelings for you, but at the end of the day is, like, this is my brother. Well, I I think that's what they were trying to do, because he's the only person that's never had a love interest outside of Allison. Compared yeah, to weird, out of all right? of them. So he, so I feel like this is them trying yeah. to prove that he's not, or that he should probably move on from her. Because they kiss at the end. I don't remember him being like, oh shit. Love her even more. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's weird because like, like how do, how do we. because he's a useless it? character. It's like, what's yeah, the point of him? Yeah, and, and like the thing is, even when Klaus brings it up at like the barber shop, she just kind of is like, whatever. And she rolls her eyes about it. And I'm like, is it because you don't give a shit? Because like. Like what did she She was very pro, t- and like, and it was an interesting. I really love that scene. By the way, I think that whole scene was oh, great. That the whole three dance of them hanging out together, so cute, so lovely. And this the talk about it, whereas being like, if you have to say technically, then you're already in very dicey water. Yeah. But I do think it could easily be played off as like either one, she doesn't actually believe that it's incest, or two, she knows that it's fucked up. 
but she's like willing to joke it off to be like, you know, listen, it's weird. I get it. I, I know that it's weird, but I'm still going to try to explain why I had feelings for my brother when I was like from the ages of like five to 13 and I mean, probably long after that too. We said, why didn't, why didn't Luther try to find Allison? But she didn't try to find him either. Yeah, she did. And then she makes a comment at one point, And I think she makes it, to, I think Klaus as well, where she thinks everybody else is dead. But then yeah. when she's talking to Luther, I think she says that she always knew, knew that Five would come find her. Mm. So I, I think it could go, again, kind of like either way. I don't think them not trying to find each other was that big of a deal, to be honest. Same. But I like, like the different reasons that they might not have tried to find each like other. It's also like the 60s. Like, imagine, ha- like, Luther had resources. You know what I mean? Like, he had his, like, gangster friend or whatever, his gangster Excuse father. Me. He, exactly. He had his daddy. Okay, let's get his gangster daddy. His like <laughs> basically his sugar daddy. And so like he had that resource and he knew he could find her. But like with Allison, who would she have gone to? She couldn't go to anybody white. Like there was no freaking way. Yeah. Um, when she, she walked into that diner and it said no. What was it? No, no white only. Oh or, yeah, yeah, I or... gasped out loud and I was like, oh my god. I was really glad that they chose to do that. Um, even if I think that there were some things that were a mistake, I was I was glad they acknowledged it. And I think this is another example of them listening to fans. Mm-hmm. Because when you look at lists of things people really wanted from the second season, and this is on my list of things, it was, oh my God, we love that you've made the Umbrella Academy more diverse. It's not seven white people like it is in the comics. But now I really want to know, like, how are... Diego, Ben, and Allison's experience is different from the rest of the Umbrella Academy. Like, they probably all grew up isolated without the concept of race, but then they immediately go into the public eye. So, like, what is their life experience after that and before that of, like, looking different, but do they realize it? Do they not? And I think that that was, the Allison storyline was also a part of that, of, like, even though I would have loved more, because I always love more, mm-hmm. um, I think that was part of the, like, fan pe- reaction people being like okay can you please acknowledge though that now allison is a black woman and how are you going to do that and they're like well here's how we're going to do it um okay to bring up another totally different topic uh the handler's outfits excellent (laughs) they they brought it up they it was so good this season i was just like shit when she was getting ready for her like inauguration oh my god yes (laughs) when she had like 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 the crown and like the spider neck it was like a wonder woman inspired ball game it really feels like the budget for this season was just much higher. <laughs> much higher. And Netflix like, was like, okay, you pooped yourself. Here's another yeah. a few million. Yeah. And I said this before, but um, Kate, what's, what's the actress? Kate Walsh. Kate Walsh, really underrated as an actress, I think. Because like, just like this whole season, I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> She's got <laughs> that Netflix that contract. Role. She's got that Netflix it's contract. It's true. It's true. It, it's just like, she's just wild because like, when you think about like the types of roles she plays, they're all so vastly different. When I think about them, like grieving mom, um, what was her Grey's Anatomy? Like really sassy, Addison. yeah, sassy, <laughs> sassy doctor or whatever. I think she was a baby doctor. She was the baby doctor, yeah. Um, and then this is just like kind of psychotic. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. But also, I mean, it sort of brings up a bit of like the spoiler part but like i thought her story like the alternate 
Hargreaves, in a, in a sense, collecting the babies. I was just like, interesting. But I was kind of curious how they only did it with one of them and she didn't try to go back further or like, sorry, go back to grab other ones because we know that there's 43 of them. I think there's so much more to that storyline. And I actually almost feel like the handler's not gone. Like, I know she's dead, but there's time travel. Yeah. So she's probably isn't gone because there's so many possible answers here. Like, is it because if she took too many, the commission would take notice? Mm. Is she the one that actually wanted the apocalypse to happen? Or was it the previous board of directors of the commission? Like, there's so much. Yes, there are a ton of kids. But again, like, at a certain point, she's the alternate Hargreaves, but she is running the commission. So she also can't take on 43 kids with powers. You know, she took on one that, and she took the right one. By taking Lila, she took one that could ultimately be every single other person with powers. Yeah. And also just, like, Lila's storyline. So good. Like, I want more from her in the next season, for sure. Like, I really like her as a character. Um, and I'm hoping well, they just we don't... should we talk about second season? No? Third season, third sorry? Third season? Yeah, we could. I mean, like, should we mention the end, I guess? Well, I'm th- well you bring yeah, up we Lila, you it. want her in next season. I'm assuming... I'm gonna, we're going to go for it. Uh, the people in the house are either going to be alternate versions of them or it's going to be a completely different set of right. uh, supernatural babies. So I am so excited about this possibility because I do think it's going to, I personally think it's going to be a different set because my theory and the theory that a lot of people have is that because they went back in time and they met Reginald, he saw what absolute fucking messes they were. <laughs> and so he specifically did not get those kids and I he agree. like went with others. But then it leads us to two possible answers. And this is what I can't wait for for season three. The question that needs to be answered is, are they in a different timeline now where they have the potential to meet themselves? Because if themselves aren't part of the Umbrella Academy, they never went back in time in the first place. So can they run into themselves? Or two, did they jump into the bodies of who they are in 2019 in the alternate universe? And do they have to then learn the life that they had when they weren't Reginald Hartgreaves' kids. Or would those and, memories come back over time as they yeah. adjust? Yeah. Or it could be a dark situation and they're in another completely different world. Well, and now there's just like- a, Like, wouldn't that be too complicated? I don't think so. And like, this is the thing. The other, the other crazy part is at the end, we see instead of Hartgreaves' portrait, we see Ben's portrait. And none of the other kids had their portrait up there, right? So five had his portrait up there because he was missing, but now Ben's there, but Ben is actually there. So is like, was Ben a twin situation or is it because Ben's number one now? Okay. This is my thing. I think a, he's number one. And also he probably met Reginald's expectations versus the other ones were such messes that I think he was just like, whatever. Like, I don't care about these guys. Like, nobody's like, ever, yeah, like, nobody's ever going to reach, like, my, oh, and we didn't even mention, like, the big thing, like, the Reginald Hargreaves is an alien. I mean, yeah. that revealed I... to me didn't work out. <laughs> so, admittedly, I knew that he was an alien because I know about the comic books think that was a big reveal for people that don't know that i mean i definitely did not know and i thought they were just going to reveal he was a robot which is what i expected (laughs) because i I was like oh his wife was a robot i don't think it worked for me at all (laughs) unfortunately i was just like okay cool like stop like i don't think he needed to be an alien but i'm assuming later on it made it's more important to be fair i actually agree that in the storyline that the umbrella academy is currently telling i also don't think he needs to be an alien he does need to be a time traveler though and he does need to be somebody that doesn't age however i get that in the comic books 
he's an alien for a reason. And I think that that's going to end up coming up in season three as well, because there's now the concept of, it's not, it's like other planets essentially that Mm -hmm, they use some of the kids with powers might have possibly ended up on the other planets. It must be another universe or another planet. Yeah, that makes sense. I think they might have the, based on the way that time travel has worked in the show so far, I think it's got to be that they have the ability to run into alternate versions of themselves. And the reason that they can't stay in this timeline or the reason that they can't be out and about in the world is because of the scene with Five, with older Five, if you're too close to a different version of you. Oh, yeah. And, like, it makes sense because, like, they've technically, from whatever changes they made in the 60s, they've kicked off a new timeline. So, essentially, you have, like, that one stream that was going and then you kicked off another timeline and whatever decision you made, like, splintered two different timelines. And then there's possibilities that they do that over time again, which is, like, a normal theory for, like, time travel stuff. But, like, how did they end up in the wrong stream? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what I'd be curious about. I don't know that it's that they end up in the wrong stream, though. I think they ended up in the correct stream for what they created. I think they are in the exact universe they are meant to be in for the changes that they made. But however, if that were true, wouldn't that make them disappear from the 60s naturally rather than having to travel? You know what I mean? Rather than them having to travel back because there's nothing to kickstart them to end up in the 60s. You know what I mean? I just, I just don't think that's how the time travel in this works. But then how does it work? <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's, that's for the next season and let us know. I feel like if you're basing this off a graphic novel, anything that happens in the 60s will never be touched again. Like nothing from that time will move over into an... Like I don't feel like they could bring either their like relationships or anything. So it's like the 60s happened, but then nothing is coming from it unless they fucked up something, a tiny thing that's now causing chaos now. Well, there we know, know that. We know that um harlan still has powers that was that was one of oh so to take this back a little bit this Mm -hmm. is one of the things i didn't love i have issues with the vanya power to breathe life and slash powers into somebody because i think in their attempt to not necessarily redeem vanya but to like craft a new story for vanya it was at the disservice of other characters and it made her a little bit overpowered. Like I know she's already a literal bomb, but because she's already a literal bomb that can change the weather based on her emotions, I feel like it's weird that she also has the power to bring people back to life slash give them powers and then like take them away or whatever. Like it was such a badass moment in general when she makes the lake split oh yeah that was so cool that was already so badass she didn't need to also bring this kid back to life unnaturally like i get that they needed that scene to happen for their ending but it feels odd to me when you have a character whose whole shtick is like life and death and bringing her but they're making her over so no no i'm talking about klaus what do you mean? It's like Klaus, like Klaus' whole thing is life and death. And in the previous season, he literally meets God who tells him he's not allowed to be dead because he needs to be alive so that she can pick and choose, which essentially I think everybody read as he has the ability to bring people back to life. Like if Klaus actually tried, he could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do you now have Vanya doing that? And I don't know if they acknowledge that because when she says she brought him back to life, you like they do pan to Klaus and you do see he has like a really weird look on his face. And it just struck me as like, why does she have this third random power? How does it 
play into her other powers she was already so badass this just made her so overpowered like when she has the scene which i think is supposed to be a reverse of the first season where she kills everything where now we're like she ends the world in this one where she uses her power to get rid of all of the um time commission agents that are coming up on them like an army like again that was such a cool scene but vanya has so many badass moments in this season comparative to the previous season that i think it undercuts badass moments for other characters Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i think like when I first saw that scene, I thought, oh, she's putting, like, a piece of herself in him. And so when she was taking away her powers, I thought he was going to die. Like, I yes, thought, like, I- she was taking part of herself back. And I don't know if that means that her powers that were put into him are more restorative, which seems counterintuitive to what her powers actually do. Or does it mean that she's actually just transferring energy and can she only do it to people that have recently died? Like, this is, like, the weird question. Like, can Klaus do it to people that have been dead for a while? Or, like, I I mean, like, I don't know. And I don't know if they're actually going to answer that or if they just did it because it's, like, a hook that they're going to use for something else. Like, I don't know what happened in the comics either. So... That stuff, I believe, is... I think, from what I know of the comics, not having read them, I think this is completely new territory. Okay. I, think I this read is this as this new power of hers was them trying to be like they never tested her in her abilities so you, we have no idea and this is them trying to be like she can manifest this in many different ways such as Lila can take anyone's power making like, her is, the most powerful like is this okay so like is this in the comic books do we know whether her power is actually like an explosion power or is it like a nuclear power because what nuclear is different it? like I don't know what they classified her power as I don't think it's considered nuclear. Um, she her main thing is that she uses sound waves to sound waves destruction. Okay. Yeah, well, but it's it's through the manipulation sense. of sound waves. Yeah, and then the other element <laughs> but if she's of that yelling is at, to, like, if she's yelling at this kid to not die, that sound wave is powerful, and she's <laughs> inserting it into his body, so it's making his heart stop. So that makes sense to me. It did not. But they work showed it as like little balls of light that just like yeah, it, maybe it was a visual problem. <laughs> It was, like, a very unique thing, and it just, it did kind of annoy because, as like everyone, and his, his cult included, as someone who's a very big fan of Klaus, I was very excited for his personal growth. I actually don't think he's the character that had the most personal growth this season. I do think we see a very different side of him now that he's sober for the beginning, and then when he isn't sober anymore, he's just drinking and not doing drugs. I do think it shows a very different side of him, and obviously he's also figuring out new powers, But I love the opening scene where you see them all using their powers equally and you learn like, one, does Luther have some kind of invulnerability? Because the fact that he was like hit with a bomb and was on fire and then it just slowly went out, like that's crazy, didn't know about that. But then Klaus actually like bringing the soldiers and the people in the streets to life Mm -hmm. to like do his bidding essentially, that was great. And in the final big battle, the only part you actually get to see is when those two soldiers cap- catch him mm-hmm. and he doesn't exist for the rest of it. And that's where a moment where I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be like an alternate version of that first battle where they're all showing awesome new things about themselves because you get Diego, which I love. I love the addition to Diego's power. The ability yeah. to also curve bullets that are hit him makes so much sense it makes him even cooler than he was before i love my dumb bitch so much i love that thing so all of the i even love the reveal that 
Allison's powers have, like, if she overuses them, can almost make her cruel in a way that she isn't as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I were... really enjoyed that. Like, it was, um, yeah. it like, it was one of those scenes where I was just like, I still think about that scene after it yeah. ended. Like, I was just like, shit. <laughs> yeah, because, like, on the one hand, I'm like, burn him. Burn him all. Burn him to the ground, Allison. It's fine. But I also think it's the first time that any sibling who isn't Klaus has the ability to acknowledge that their powers might affect their personality. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's clearly, it's clearly visible in Allison that moment when Raymond Chestnut has to like break her out of the spell that her powers put herself under. What a good scene. So that's why I ended up being really upset with Vanya's extra power because I just didn't think it was necessary. And I like would have actually appreciated more focus on even... Luther is the worst, but if you are going to suggest to me now that Luther might be some kind of invulnerable, I would, I would watch, I would see, I, w- I want to know. Why yeah, could Luther... I feel like maybe, maybe his skin is like, like an armor type of thing. Perhaps? Maybe because of the gorilla thing too. Yeah, like, I know that he thing. was, I think he might have been super strong and maybe he was indestructible too before of the gorilla thing. I don't know. Yeah, because if you look at the comic, like I've only ever looked at the pictures, like I never really like read them, but like when I look at like the art from the comics, his skin is like slightly different than what they show in the in the show. They oh. make him seem more human slash ape like, but in the in the comics, it's like greenish, and it's yeah, like in the different. comic he's in the comic he's a head on a gorilla body. Yeah, it's literally a gorilla, yeah. but it's like wild, grotesque gorilla, not like yeah. a normal gorilla. Because the gorilla, I think, I think in the comics the gorillas aren't just like I, they're either super evolutionized gorillas which should just be people um but i think they might also be like part alien as well okay so it's like planet of the apes <laughs> maybe um but yeah but he wasn't like that always when he was a kid he was just a full human it's well, an older so he thing. was always strong but now he's extra strong yes i was like i don't see mm. luther lasting another season unless he develops a personality outside of his love of allison because that's all he's got I, right I think that he needs friends and a girlfriend that aren't his siblings. I like I totally agree. I really want to see Luther at like a group support meeting in the next season where he's like coming to terms for the first time with like and his life. And like, I, I, yeah, I get why him leading an, an attempt at like a normal life in this season would be a failure because he literally learned three days ago that his dad who he trusted for 30 years lied to him and left him isolated on the moon for four years like I get why you would be an upset bitch like that makes sense but now going further I like feel like Luther does for Luther to not be the world's most annoying character he now really needs to get a life (laughs) what a guy do you think the new Ben and Klaus interaction is gonna be really bizarre I can't wait. I think it's going to be so exciting. I think the first thing that Klaus is going to do is going to go to hug Ben, and I think the other world Ben is going to punch Klaus in the face. And I can't wait. And, and, oh, and probably probably sweep his hair, his email hair back. His little email hair back. And that reminds me, the one thing I wanted to mention previously with regards to, do, are there alternate versions of themselves that they can meet? I want that to happen because I want to watch Rob Sheehan flirt with himself for one full season if they fuck even better (laughs) i want to watch this man flirt with another version of himself like i want my two disasters because in any world he's definitely going to be some level of disaster like that is clearly part of who he is he is chaos as a person so oh my god what i would not give to see rob sheehan flirt with himself for even just five minutes that's why i wonder if they're gonna 
have them all as themselves in that house so there's two of them i feel like okay did you find that they show the silhouettes of like the sparrow academy i don't think they know what they're what they're gonna do yeah i don't (laughs) so it's just like an open end they're like we're gonna i was just like the silhouettes didn't really look like them um Mm -hmm. and i found that they looked younger you know what i mean like they look like children's silhouettes they didn't look like adults so i'm wondering if they go through various numbers i mean ben did seem young he seemed like he had a teen haircut yeah, that's what was so that's weird. That's true. So, but they how could they be younger versions? Though? They have teen versions of those actors already. Yeah. No, no. True. I mean, like, as in, I. Th- what if they had some? Oh no, way! I guess they would all be born the same day. Never mind. Yeah, they can't be younger. They can't be younger. I I think it's gonna be that it's different people because I do know that that the uh, like the other kids are involved in the comic books as well. So yeah. I do think it's gonna be different people because again, I think that Reginald was like, "Wow, what a fucking mess! I can't have a single one of these back. Maybe five. Maybe we meet a thirty-year-old version of five. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, another thing to go off base of it. How is it that the man that played the 58-year-old version of Five was more childlike than the 16-year-old bot boy that plays Five? He's, he's aged, you know? He... Those, well, those few years. <laughs> he was not a great... I don't think he was one of the better actors on the show. I think the show cast people very well. I don't think Old Five was super great. But it was funny for the 58-year-old man to act like a child when the 16-year-old, who's only two weeks older, is acting like he's seen so much in his life and he just wants a break and he just wants to calm down for a minute and no one will let him. Like, it was such a weird thing. I kind of loved it. I'm I'm worried for them. I'm I'm also, like, concerned because he gave him the code the whatever the new the new formula yeah like the new formula or whatever to get through as an old man so is five going to be in this 2019 and there's is there going to be an older five the whole time like are we going to have to see another older five again (laughs) like it's just yeah because that old this is why i cannot wait for season three y'all season three (laughs) is going to have all the weird time time mechanic shit that i fucking love because technically old five went back into a world where he yeah. might again not actually be part of the umbrella academy and i'm also wondering now do this group of people actually exist outside of time did they mess with the timeline so much that they do That's not awful. exist in what is considered the main timeline and so do they become the new board of directors for the commission because they're, they're using like the time agent stuff so maybe that makes them like takes them out of like the equation completely right because like if you're using like i'm assuming with the handler she's not going to find many versions of herself because she's the time agent as well technically i mean she knows where all the past versions of herself are. yeah so like maybe because of that there's are similar that's interesting and also, it's, I, I really like the way time works in this, but I also like that it's also not important at all. Yeah, like, I like that they were like, oh, an apocalypse is coming, it's fine. <laughs> like, to a certain extent, they're like, the show is not about the plot. The show is about the characters and how they interact with each other. And here's the thing, 100%, that's all I care about. <laughs> and yeah, I, like, do we think in the third season, the apocalypse is going to follow them again? Like, I mean, I just have the theme. I think it's going to have to. And I think it's probably Vanya's going to get screwed up again somehow. I would love to see a universe where every one of them is responsible for an apocalypse in some way. I just thought And of they're something. just, like, constantly what? fixing it. 
if Allison has a second Allison in another universe, Luther is going to fall in love with second Allison instead oh, of original oh, Allison. Yeah. I did wonder if that was going to happen because if Luther, think, if Luther, if Luther doesn't they would have fucking do that. The gorilla body in the other one, then he doesn't. Yo, Allison Prime. Allison Prime is then not related to that Luther, and he does not have whatever is going on with that body because we don't know what's happening south of the border on his body. Is it a gorilla dick situation? Does he have a normal sized penis? And does the penis look even weirder because his top half is so large? Oh like God. these are questions that I would like answers to, please. Do you okay? Oh, we well, it has to be that. second versions of themselves. We didn't talk about the most important thing. Luther cooking eggs. Oh, so many eggs. Luther's eggs. This segues perfectly into what I think is the most important thought. Because as I was listening to the episode that we put out last week, we, I, both you you and me, Nat, were talking about how there's something that, yeah, exactly. You're not a part of this. You fucking sit there in silence. This show felt like fan service before there was anything to service like there was something about season one that had a fan service vibe but in a very good way like nothing about it felt bad it just felt like it was a show for fans like there was just something about it Mm -hmm. and I think season two again because they clearly listened to criticism but also listened to what people liked we got so much more of that and I would like to give you my list of tiny things that they added in that I think are specifically they're like fan service elements that are based on how people reacted. And we're going to start with Luther's eggs. Because here's the thing about eggs and this show. I, I talked about this in the previous episode too. In season one, Diego does the most disgusting thing in the world that made me go, I cannot believe this. I am so attracted to him. What is happening? It is in like episode two or three. He's in his shitty little boiler room apartment. Oh, yeah. And he needs to eat. So he opens up his tiny fridge. He takes out a raw egg. He slaps it against the side of a dirty laundry sink. And he plops the raw egg right into his mouth. And that is how he eats the egg. And as somebody who is not necessarily a part of fandom, but has been looking at the Umbrella Academy fandom as a huge thing, this egg is very important, okay? This egg set off a million GIF sets. It set off the question to David Castaneda, how many eggs did you have to eat to make that scene? To then find out that he had to do it four times. So that man had a whole raw omelet in his body, okay? Because of that scene. And so while I think the Luther egg scene is partly just to be like, look at how much Luther needs to eat because that was the like joke about him this season. Especially when he's like the chocolates and the barbecue. I think the eggs were also specifically because (laughs) eggs are a fucking thing in this universe and Luther and Diego, they were connecting this season. Okay. That was an interaction where they're like, we're going to get team zero, team zero. And oh, you know what I just realized? What's also in the shape of a zero? An egg. This is all connecting, guys. I think that the reason that Klaus starts a cult is not just because of course he would, it's because he literally did with his existence. He was 100% the like cult favorite the moment the Umbrella Academy season one started. I think, Cla- I think Destiny's children are supposed to be the fans of this show. Also, every, every single word he said to his cult following, pure gold. <laughs> Don't go chasing waterfalls. 
Do you think I okay, forgot? Do we think the Swede, the leftover Swede, is going to end up taking over that cult, and like in the future is going to be some big deal? Oh, he probably, he's probably like a mega church leader right now. Well, he no, he's I, died. They're how old would those people, unless they come back immoral, immortal? Yeah, anybody that. who was alive during that time is super fucking old in 2019. Like that was something that I was talking to somebody was like, even Harlan would be 70. Yeah. That's true. So, like, it's hard to say, but I'm not done, FYI. Keep going. <laughs> we talked about the acknowledgement of the diversity with the kids. I think that was also an important one. Diego. My lovely Diego. My Diego, who I have so many feelings about. A big thing about Diego's character is that Diego gets pegged. All right, let's be clear about that. Let's look at Diego as a character. <laughs> I know that Diego gets pegged, especially when you saw Eudora from the first season. Patch 1000% pegged Diego in his little leather costume, okay? That's a thing that happened. And then in this season, we have Lila now. He's met Lila. Lila is the like, not a replacement, but is like. Wait, are we talking a about different- pegging? Yeah, we're talking about pegging. Okay, okay. 100% bringing pegging. I thought back. I got it. I thought I got it wrong. To be clear, I'm saying that Diego was fucked in the ass by Eudora Patch, okay? And here's what I think that they did as an extension of that this season. Lila comes on the scene, they go to the Mexican consulate under disguise, they do the Paso Doble, and halfway through, Lila's like, oh, bitch, you thought? You thought that you were the one leading this dance? And then she leads the dance, and that scene is literally amazing. And I think that scene is a direct correlation to all of the fan reactions previously that were like, Diego's a man that gets pegged. That scene, first of all, when he's like, oh, no, honey, you're mistaken. I'm the man. And she's like, okay. And then fucking twirls him around the dance floor, grabs his ass, his face. He looks so great. It is serving. Diego... Season one was like, Diego gets pegged, question mark. And season two was like, Diego gets pegged with three periods. <laughs> I've thought about pegging more in the last two months than I probably have in the past 27 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> then you weren't talking about it enough before. Pegging. True. True. We should put a carrot emoji in the subtitle. <laughs> I think we should. If there's one moment of the show that covers this more than anything else does... It, like, this was one of the best lines of this season. Was it, was it the stabbed in the heart line? (sighs) Excuse me. It was when Diego looks at Luther in the eyes and says, bro, he shanked you in the heart. What a moment. What a line. That line. No context, though. Um, Hargreaves shanks, literally shanks uh, Diego while, while he gets surprised by him in, like, his, like, little warehouse thing. And then Luther's like, well, at least I didn't get shanked by my dad. And he's like, well, you got... <laughs> what is he it? shanked you in he, the heart? But he actually shanked you in the heart. <laughs> oh, Luther, like... Luther's reaction. So sad. So, so good. Like, the Klaus sexy trash thing. He Even his line, did we all get sexier this season? Like, mm. all of that is in there for fans. The Antonio Banderas line and the fact oh, that Diego genuinely genuinely like that moment i guess also a little while before that they're arguing about who's gonna like be the hero because (laughs) klaus doesn't want to do it and so diego goes over to start punching him and says i'm gonna beat you and not in the way that you like also great referential to season one and klaus getting an erection while he was getting choked out that moment made me miss their interactions so much because they are they have such great 
chemistry as like actors mm-hmm. everything they do together is just genuinely enjoyable to watch i mean i also enjoyed L- the lila and diego comedy duo yeah, yeah. i didn't feel like we didn't get enough of that and like you know that like she like i mean in the beginning you kind of have inklings that she's sort of been planted there so like when it's yeah. confirmed you're like yeah that makes sense but i love that her chaos is still the same like it's like she's not lesser chaos because she's a plant she's the same amount of chaos slash more which is why I need to know what are her true feelings about yogurt. Was that just the line that she came right? up with? Or is she genuinely like, but when does milk, <laughs> when does milk decide to become yogurt? And I really liked her part of the final battle. Even though I didn't understand fully how her powers worked. Again, I don't think that actually matters for the show. I really liked the like realization of like, you, you've also been played. Like, you were not the person that you, you don't have the power in the situation that you think you do. And her gagging at Luther when Luther's it like, was so good. I was like, oh, shit on him. I love it. Did you find that um, this kind of reminded you of Stranger Things? Do you remember the season where they introduced the other kids with powers or whatever? I stopped watching Stranger Things after a certain season because I did not like it anymore. Okay, well, they, they introduced, I think it's like season two, maybe? They introduced kids with other powers, but then they don't ever bring it up again. And that really made me annoyed because I'm like, there's other kids. Like, she's number 11. There were others. There's like 16. There's like Well, Lila is going to be at the new Academy. I'll bet my bottom dollar. <laughs> like, I hope she is. But it, like that, like, I hope they don't do that with her where they just sort of are like, oh yeah, she was just there for that one season. I think she gonna... has a purpose that she needs oh. to be there for. Yeah, she's coming back. Even, I don't even know if, she, I don't know if she's going to be part of the Sparrows or not because I don't know how that plays with time. Yeah. Like, because the handler is also a time traveler. So if you kill her in the 1960s, she still technically went back and got Lila. Like, those are things that still technically happened in yeah. her timeline. And, like, for sure she took one of those briefcases, too. So, yeah. So that'll be really interesting. But I really like Lila. I, Diego also trying to be like, wait, we're not related, though, right? Like, it's not incest. Like, the fact that that's <laughs> come up another time, beautiful. It's <laughs> cute. Also, uh, Herb and his little dorky... Uh, Herb. Rebel- rebellion group or whatever I thought that was the cutest thing I really hope that they're still there like I'm sure some of them will make up the board in the next season I'm Herb I'm an analyst I'm Diego I have a knife yes I can see it's very shiny I liked them I thought that was a cute addition to the the time agency thing whatever I just can't wait for the next season I had such a good time I'm gonna watch this show like eight more times before the Mm -hmm. next season comes up okay but this is my only my only criticism something about the episodes doesn't make me immediately want to watch the next episode I don't know why Maybe it's just me. I was talking to Marina and she spelled the same way. But the only episode that did was the last season episode, which I guess is the point and it did its job. But the only reason I watched this so quickly was because I knew I was going to get in trouble if I didn't watch it. <laughs> Maybe that's why that didn't want make you want to watch. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. There's compelled. there's like as soon as you finish an episode, they like leave you on a cliffhanger. I don't think it was a big enough cliffhanger for me to be like, okay, I need, immediately need to. But I, I think, think that's a good thing. It. Yeah, like, I yeah. don't think it needed the cliffhangers ever. Like, if it has to depend on that, then is that even good it's writing? Not, like, isn't yeah. that a comic book staple? When you finish but a comic, chapter, 
that comes in a volume but they're kind of differentiating that from the comic books i find that like even like so like you said christina they do like this thing where like they've moved away from that gothy feel of probably gerard way or whatever that's probably his feel with his my chemical romance vibes (laughs) or whatever but they've moved away from that but they've still kept the series kind of comic book like like they've included things that don't necessarily translate in comic books but translate well into tv like the dance scene i think that did really well um in tv and i think it's still like a funky enough scene that it has that vibe because you know how like comic books are always like a little bit weird yeah like, never, like the alien thing definitely a comic book thing like when you were like why would they have an alien I'm like why wouldn't they it's from a comic book <laughs> like half comic books have aliens like it just makes sense to me but like it like they've somehow kept that comic book vibe without having to rely on comic book style writing um which i don't think works for tv well i think, I think it would that. be comic book style and know. i also think for comic books as well in terms of like the cliffhanger at the end one i actually agree i i personally don't think that's good writing either i don't like every show to have a cliffhanger because that means that you're constantly having to escalate not, okay the i should stakes. say not a cliffhanger but it should be enough question of what's gonna happen next that i'm immediately like oh yep i need to watch this asap yeah i do think that for a comic book it's also because like they release it and then a month later the next one's going to come out so they want to make sure that you buy the next one because like yes when they release it as a volume you've got the whole story but comic books are still released on like a monthly basis as editions but i would argue the fact that you're giving us a full season at one time you should be inputting that into your writing to get you this to is where go to the end this is where i actually disagree though because i think i really like i think this show was made to be watched all at once i don't think this was made to be an episodic thing at all it's made with the idea that like you're gonna binge this you're gonna watch it in a quick section because you're not gonna forget what happened so we don't need to lay down repeats of what happened in the previous season a previous episode we don't need to have the episode end on some big question because Mm -hmm. you're gonna watch the next one you just are and And it doesn't need to and there's always like an element in each episode which does kind of you need an answer in the next episode like if you think when they reveal lila's a plant I know, I'm not saying that it's not there. I just don't know why it wasn't enough for me. That's, this is yeah, I it's, just me. Me. it's not just me. I'm sure there's others. A lot of snow. <laughs> but I, I don't know. <sighs> I, I think this will just be a difference because I know that like so Marina also is not like a huge fan, wasn't a huge fan of season one, but me and Nat love it. And I was like, like I said, I don't think I peed once in 10 hours. I was like, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm, I don't remember pausing a single time. Like, I just watched all through. And for me, it worked. For me, the thing that pulled me was always the way the characters are played. I enjoy them. So that's what compels me to watch. Like, I keep wanting to see them. So I'm just like, I'm just going to keep watching. But yeah, I think, like, it's the characters that compel you when you're watching, right? For Well, for me, because, like, as we know, the plot means nothing in this show. <laughs> Truly or doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> and, I, and I can say, like, I can also recognize that's one of the reasons I like it. Because the two most important things to me are characters and universe. And that is two things that this show has done, I think, very well. I think the universe doesn't make a lot of sense, but I like it and I'm intrigued by it enough that I don't care. And I think the characters have just been built so well. I mean, I said this while I was messaging you guys. This show, in a way that I cannot explain, was made for me. I love every single thing about it. And it still shocks me. Like, I still don't really have a good answer for what it is about this show. I, like, I can't. This show was made for me. So I also recognize that, like, I'm just, Steph is never gonna love this to the level that I want her to. But maybe, like, maybe Steph's more into, like, plot-driven stories. That could make more sense, too. Uh, she reads a lot of No. Romance, so. uh- <laughs> 
that's also driven by like a romance story so that's technically plot driven you know what i mean like i don't know it could just be emotional like, maybe it's not vibing with you that that's part i mean of some some i mean no show is perfect some aspects are some aspects aren't that's mm-hmm. just me i'm watching more tv than i ever have in the probably last 10 years of my life so I'm maybe so i'm moving into a mool a new <laughs> evolution of me one more point i want to make before we probably should be wrapping this up is you i can't really wait should. For them to say, for five to hit puberty in real life and then to bring it up and him having like the worst time being like, oh, I grew six feet right now. I'm so sorry. I just hit puberty again and I'm going through it twice. Can't wait. The fact that he, in the first season alone, from episode one to 10, clearly, clearly ages. He has a, like, he has a growth spurt in the first season. The second season is the next week. He is so drastically older looking than the previous season. The fact that because of everything that's going on right now, they probably won't even get a chance to consider filming until maybe late next year. (laughs) This kid is going to be like 18. He's 16 right now. (laughs) So like, and I love that for the show. I think they have a show that they can explain that away where it can be like, it's time, you know, he's aging at at a high rate than everybody else because of everything that happened to him <laughs> what if they just don't acknowledge it but then somebody makes a remark like oh, oh you're taller than usual <laughs> the fact that he's taller than ellen page is always the funniest <laughs> thing to me okay so she's a woman in her 30s she's five one i had no idea she was that short but i was just like she keeps looking up at people and then like somebody asked me they're like how tall do you think she is and i'm like maybe five five i don't know and then she's like no but she's looking up at everyone and i was like oh let me just like google it and i was like five one she's puny to be clear she was shorter than five in season one as well Ooh. <laughs> yeah so have a tough go that's a woman in her 30s looking up to a 14 year old i could have been five feet tall guys my mom is five feet tall that could have been me i could have been tiny you would have had so much such a harder time finding jumpsuits that would have been really tragic for you i wouldn't be wearing jumpsuits i'd be petite what is that (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) so how are we gonna end this i I have one should we guess what we think's gonna what do you want to happen in the next season? I mean, I think we've put out I guess we are. I think, yeah, we put that out there. <laughs> I have one final note to end this on. And I will for you, Steph, I'll end this on a criticism. Because I okay. love my final issue with this whole season, this thing that I could not wrap my head around, that I was truly astounded by, that kept coming up for some reason over and over again, is how did we end this season? How did we start and end it with like nine fart jokes? In one season. I think I didn't need a fart those. joke for every that. single episode. Yeah, nobody needed them. <laughs> we have been t- we were supposed to have a very short episode. We've been talking for an hour and fifteen about the show because we loved it. It was amazing. It was great. Some loved it a little bit less. It's perfectly fine. We still love Steph. It's all right. What you a show. Say I hated it. I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to season three. For me, this was a 10 out of 10 season, 100%, even with the fart jokes. Same with me. I think 10 out of 10 for this one. Maybe a 9.5, just to be less nice. <laughs> I mean, my favorite thing is alternate, e- alter- no, double, what, hold on. <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> I personally love alternate universes, alternate endings of the same person in different lives, and then different people in the same universe. All those things are my favorite things in the world, so... Season three technically should be my favorite. Unless they fuck it up. 
So I'm watching you, Netflix. All right. That is our episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us again. Um, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at EatsCast. We have posts up for every single episode. So feel free to leave your comments and your thoughts in those. If, you're, if you know us, stop messaging us over Slack and DMing us. Leave your comments there so we can get engagement on our posts. God damn it, guys. Like, all right. Please I rate, review, and subscribe. Listen. It helps other listeners find our podcast. Oh my god, we're back again. Brothers, sisters, everybody sing. We're gonna bring you the flavor. We're gonna show you how.